Well, good morning, guys, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Kelly S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Today's Thursday, February 15, 2024. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in Bill's story. We're on page three, third paragraph. Starts with, in 1929, I contracted Gulf fever. Through that paragraph, ending with, in and out of his till with amused skepticism. And comments will be on that one paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Kathy M., 12 Traditions, Joni C., Susan S.H. will be reading our text, Martha Z. reading page 164, Hillary B. will be our backup reader, and the newcomer greeter is Loretta M., and our second hour of host is Anne A. So the reference number for yesterday, if you missed that, Wednesday, February 14th, 2024, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 21131. 21131. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time is 21137. Wait, 21137. All right, hopefully I said the other one 21131 and 21137. It's early here. Okay, OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now have Kathy M. read the 12 steps of Overeaters Kathy M., you're up. Good morning, everybody. This is Kathy M. from Michigan reading the 12 steps. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for letting me be of service, and everybody have a wonderful day. Thanks, Kathy. All right. So next up, what the heck, where am I? Joni C., you're reading the 12 Traditions for us. Good morning. This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured from Minnesota. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Well, thanks, Joni. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We'll read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you'll press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by signing pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. 
So today we resume our study of Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in Bill's story. We're on page three. We're on the third paragraph there at the bottom. It says, in 1929, I contracted golf fever through that paragraph ending with in and out of his till with amused skepticism. And we'll just have comments on that one paragraph. And Susan S.H. is going to get us started. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you. Um, I'm Susan S.H. I'm in St. Mary's, Ohio, and I'm a compulsive overeater recovery for today. I'm grateful. In 1921, I contracted golf fever. We went at once to the country, my wife to applaud while I started out to overtake Walter Hagen. Liquor caught up with me much faster than I came up behind Walter. I began to be jittery in the morning. Golf permitted drinking every day and every night. It was fun to come around the exclusive course which had inspired such awe in me as a lad. I acquired the impeccable coat of tan one sees upon the well-to-do. The local banker watched me whirl fat checks in and out of his till with amused skepticism. And uh, when I first looked at this paragraph again, I thought, wow, what can I say about that? <laughs> what do I have to say about that? And I looked at what it is, and what it is is this account of Bill's descent to his rock bottom. He wasn't there yet. He was still whirling those fat checks here and there, and he could he could participate at this very swanky, you know, place, and he could fit in because it hadn't taken him down completely yet. But he it looks like he could see some of the symptoms that were a giveaway that something was really wrong. That jittery in the morning. Um, yeah. So I looked at when when was I like that, and it, honestly, it wasn't until a few years before I showed up here again, um, I, when I was still working, and I was managing food that I could keep in my pocket and pop whenever I could, <laughs> and I I knew something was wrong. Um. Yeah. And I was having pain from how much I ate a lot. And I I didn't understand it. And all those years ago, when I was in my 20s, and I went to one meeting because I knew something was not right and I needed help, but I could not admit that I was powerless over food. Absolutely. No, I'm not. Couldn't be. And give up all sugar and all flour? I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, I look at that as a missed opportunity, but the fact is, I was ready when I was ready, and higher powers timing was perfect. I had to go through some of the awful things I went through to get to the point of desperation. That forced me to admit that I was powerless, and my life was unmanageable. So, I, yeah, it's... Uh, to help me not fight anything or anyone. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is, and it took what it took to get me here. And here is such a better place than I was. I don't have to eat like that. I don't have to live like that. I have directions. 
and I have a relationship with a higher power, and I can surrender because I know I cannot do it myself. So, uh, yeah, Bill continues to descend in the next few paragraphs, even, and it's always hard to read. It's 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 sad, but he lived it. Fine. And he helped so many people do it. So. That's the first time I've ever done the whole three minutes. I will pass with that. Well, thank you, Susan F.H., for getting us started. All right, so we are now going to open up the meeting for sharing. And although we do value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experiences, too. So if you share Tuesday or Wednesday on any vision meeting, please allow others the opportunity to share today. Please keep your share to three minutes to allow time for as many people as possible. I'll remind you when your time is up, so please wrap up your sentence at that point. And please give us your first name, initial of your last, where you're calling them so we can find you on the uh, member list. So who'd like to share? Lisa N. Nancy R. Liz E. UK. Rick J. Rick. Melissa C. from New York. I don't know if you got me. Melissa. O. Nancy, Lisa, Nancy. Lisa. Was there another Lisa before you? Yes, I think I'm Lisa C, as in cat. Thank you. Yeah. All right, here's who I have. I, I didn't get a Lisa. I got a Lisa and a Nancy. And I got Liz E, Rick J, Melissa, Vasa, Nancy R, Lisa C. Did I miss anybody? Guess not. Okay, so make sure you guys are muted. Press star one. And then um, Lisa, I didn't get the initial of your first name. If you can um, and give me that and tell me where you're calling from. Is there another Lisa? There is a Lisa P. I just entered. I don't know if you're talking about me, but I am calling from Florida. Yeah. Well, go. You're up. Were you wanting to share? Oh, um, no. Oh, you didn't put your name out? Okay. No, then then maybe it was Lisa C. I heard Lisa put her name out to share. Lisa C.? I'm not sure what happened, but I got muted. Are you there? This is Lisa Ann yeah. from Wisconsin. Oh, okay, wait. Did you put your name out to share? I did for the, yeah, I was first, actually, but I Okay, I, you're I, right. No, you go muted. ahead, Lisa. Oh, okay. well, that happened. Thank you. That, that man is a little <laughs> rude. What, so where oh. are you calling from, Lisa? I'm calling from Wisconsin, and it's Lisa Ann okay. with a, or like Nancy. Thank you again Perfect. for your sure. service. All right. All right. Sure. So, um, I, I this I can't help but think of how I'm like him, Bill, and the way that I wanted to be with the mucky mucks. I wanted to be with the fancy people. I wanted to be in uh, fancy places, always fancy restaurants, and you know, shopping, doing everything to make myself look better than I felt. Um, I felt so bad about my appearance that I wanted to do everything I could to seem like my life was much better than it was. 
and I wanted to have fun and going out to restaurants was fun. I was always going out for lunch. Let's go out for dinner. Let's go to the nicest places. And um, of course, we ended up spending way too much money too. Um, but the whole thing, it, it's so sad is that I thought those things were going to make me feel better. And for a moment, they did. You know, like that nine seconds we've heard somebody talk about. But now uh, the beauty of this program is that if I don't go out for a meal, I really don't want to, in fact. I prefer to eat at home. Um, and I don't need to go shopping so I look special or I have my hair done all the time. I just don't feel that way about myself anymore. And that is really what I love about what God's done for me and with the 12 steps because, you know, all of the those worldly things, they kind of fade, they pass, and I'm happy just being who I am. And I never was until I, until I did this program and especially um, coming to this meeting. So that's all I've got. Um, thank you for letting me share. Well, thank you, Lisa N. from Wisconsin. And next up, we have a Nancy and then Liz E. Nancy, I didn't get the initial of your last name. Good morning. It's Nancy R. from Northwest Illinois. Um, so you can take Nancy R. off later because it's... Oh. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> thank you for hearing me twice. Um, uh, I just feel sad, you know. Um, I can relate to um uh, I I I think like Bill thought and I eat like Bill drank. Um at least I I used to eat like Bill drank. Um and I'm thinking about like my ambitions because that's what I hear. He has these goals and these dreams and these ambitions and he's going to be a um a top golfer. Uh, I was um going to be one of the top people uh, in my sales field that I was in um, decades ago. And um, I kept setting these goals and I kept, you know, going to the sales meetings and the training and be like, yeah, I can do this. And then I'd go to the bakery instead. And um, so my eating overtook me much faster than I overtook the sales quota or sales goal that I made. Um, you know, I didn't have any, um, I, I didn't have a boss at that time, you know, that was making me do certain things. I was independent salesperson and, um, you know, so I can relate to his thinking, you know, like I'm just going to be great and I'm going to achieve this and I'm going to, you know, drive this free car and I'm going to get these free um, trips and I'm going to be one of the great ones. And, um, and I never did it because I'd go to the store and I'd go to the ice cream store and I'd go to the bakery and I'd go to the fast food place. And, you know, every day I had, I said, um, today's going to be different, and I dropped the kids off at school and, you know, go get those multiple 
pastries from the donut store and go home and sit in front of the TV and eat them and basically pass out and wake up and see what else there is to eat. And those were times when I was supposed to be doing my my craft, doing my work, um, working towards my goals. And um, it was all very hollow and awful. And I'm so grateful that there's more to Bill's story and that there's more to my story and that I am not living that way today. Um, That I am a recovered compulsive overeater um, working these steps and showing up and um, following my food plan and connecting with my higher power. So um, with that, I will pass. Thank you. Perfect timing, Nancy R. from Illinois. All right, next up we have Liz E. And then followed up with Rick J. Good morning, Liz E. for Elegant. Morning, morning. My name is Liz E. for Elegant from Bristol in southwest England. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and thank you, everybody, for your service here today. And just really a shout-out, anybody who's not wanting to do Star One, do it. It really helps. Um, I didn't really want to do it today, but I haven't been on this meeting for a few days, so I have to do it. So this paragraph, really, I guess what it talks to me about is that I chose activities that permitted my overeating, you know, going to restaurants, meeting with people who would go to a coffee shop and, you know, eat excessive amounts of cake. You know, I've got loads of friends who just have one bite of something and leave it. But I would choose to maybe meet up with people who, you know, we could gleefully, you know, buy several pieces of cake. Um, So for me, this is really showing me, you know, what did I do to just continue and legitimize and justify? And then I would also be very judgmental about people, you know. So if there was a picnic or something, I would always feel the need to bring something extra because I was really worried there'd never be enough food. And they go, oh, my goodness, Elizabeth, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, well, I just thought, you know, I'd bring, I tried to be, you know, really generous and kind spirited and all the rest of it. But actually, uber manipulative, um, you know. And so it's this, the local banker watched me world fact checks. It was that kind of largesse that's actually not really, um, which is so manipulative and is all about me making sure and me getting the attention and me, me, me. Um, And yeah, so, you know, as ever, this book is just amazing and just shines a light on my behavior and the things that are not terribly pleasant or nice. But the great thing is today, I can notice and name things. My amazing sponsor talks about noticing and naming. And that today I can be present and I can notice and name some of these behaviors that I adopt. Because ultimately, the only behavior I can change is my own. And this program is just the best self-awareness program out there. And yeah, so thanks a million to everybody. and Have a beautiful day. Bye. Well, thank you, Liz E. All right, next up we have Rick J. followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Rick. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Thanks for your service. My name is Rick J. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Um, one of the things that I'm that really hit me about this paragraph is is my ego, um, and there is a part of me that 
broken inside, and I had to make my outsides bigger than what my insides were, really to protect myself. And you know, and as my addictions became more and more, um, you know, intense with the obsession of the mind and the physical allergy, you know, my my world started getting smaller, and. And I had, I tried, I desperately tried to make my world bigger. And I'm looking at the wording, you know, uh, in these few pages here, you know, like my talent for leadership, I'd proved to the world I was important. I had arrived. My judgment and ideas were followed. Um, you know, fortune through money and applause my way. My wife to applause overtake Walter Hagen, which was, you know, like Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer and Tiger Woods of the day, you know, and not just to go, you know, enjoy golf and, and enjoy some of the success that he, he'd worked for, you know, and, and found, but to go and overtake like the, the hottest, most, you know, talented professional golfer out there, you know, it's like my mind, my mind is, it's like, I'm so grandiose and I'm so over the top. Like my, my brain works in this extreme all or nothing mentality. I, I do not know very much about like balance in the middle of the road. It's just, bam, it's all the way off or it's wide open, wide open. And I just sense Bill desperately trying to like fit in and be that he'd prove to the world. He was the number one man and, you know, and he's, just kind of riding this this wild like hurricane of success, but it's like he's getting out of control and he's desperately trying to fill this hole in his soul. And that's what I tried to do. That's what I really relate to is there's this hole in his soul that nothing will fill and he's he's using every bit of talent that he's got, but it's being warped by this growing mental obsession. You know, and that physical allergy that he cannot get out of. It's just we're seeing, you know, the crash. We're seeing that nosedive now. He's he's got up there. You know, he reached a cruising altitude, and now it's braced for impact. He's starting to crash, and it's just going to get worse and worse, and affect the people that he loves more and more. And and I so relate to that. And with that, I pass. Well, thanks, Rick. Another perfect timing. All right, next up we have Melissa C. followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service this morning. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, when I read this, I think um, nothing necessarily wrong, right, with playing golf. It's not not my game. It's not my, you know, it's not my passion, my love. Um, you know, because I know that, God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. But what I really get when I read this is it doesn't sound like, you know, I, I could be wrong, you know. I But when I read this, I don't hear him passionately loving the game of golf, you know. I hear, like, still liking it for all, for me, for all the wrong reasons, you know. And that, you know, my experience has been, um, well, food was my master. The master told me what I like to do. It told me what to do, when to do it. It's even, and it even told me that this is what I like to do. And so I made lots of choices of things that I thought I liked to do 
based on, um, well, one, could I eat while I was doing it, right? Um, could I do it in a body that was obese, you know, um, so that I can continue to eat? And um, was it, did it, did it look good to others? Was it something that seemed impressive to others? So I did lots of things that, you know, might have sounded on paper now. I just think, like, you know, some of the big, and we all have, like, these um, ideas, depending on where we are in our station in life, what's status, you know? Like, for me, you know, status when my kids were little was being the head of every, like, parent organization, being the head of everything that made me look like I was a super fantastic mom because that was fantasy for me. Never mind what I was doing at home. Never mind what my house looked like. Never mind, you know, anything. Um, you know, but it had to look good to other people. And boy, if I could eat while I was doing it, you know, or reward myself afterwards by eating all the better, you know, and when I come to find out now, like I love, um, I've come to find out that, you know, when I look at, when I look at photos of myself from all those years, every photo is of me in a restaurant, you know, because Food was the master that told me that's the only way you could acknowledge big occasions with food, you know. And um, today when I take out my pictures, they're all of, like, me and my husband at concerts and music festivals and, and me and my friends dancing and doing, living life differently. Because food is not my master. I'm free to choose to do the things that give me pleasure and joy. And, no, it will never be golf. <laughs> But there's lots of other things, and, um, you know, and that's the beauty of being a recovered person today. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Well, thanks, Melissa C. Okay, next up, Vasa O, followed by Lisa C. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning, Kelly. I believe it's Kelly. I'm it Vasa. Is. Grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, recovered, compulsive overeater. Calling from Port Charlotte, Florida. Thank you for your service, Kelly. And thank you for everybody's service this morning. And I love this meeting. And I listen to it almost every morning. Or I usually call the callback number. And I love it because it's every single day. And we just cover only one paragraph at a time. And that's all I can absorb, you know. And I love it. But anyways, um, I can relate with Bill's story. I didn't at the beginning, you know, because I remember saying to my sponsor, well, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't know. You're giving me this book. She said, well, just cross alcohol and put food on the top. And I said, okay, I'll do whatever. But I was so more interested how these people recovered. I wanted to know because the disease was killing me gradually. And I read every story of the book from the beginning to the end, and I was so amazed about the stories and how they became recovered from the disease and physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And I'm still working on it. I've been here for many, many, many years. And uh, and I, I can relate with Bill. He became a golfer, and I became a tennis. Uh, um, I, I picked up tennis uh, when I was, in 1981, whatever time it was. Um, and I loved playing tennis. A lot of it had to do because it kept my weight off, and I could not wait to go on the tennis court playing singles, didn't matter. It was hot outside or cold, you know. And I always reward myself when I went in. Well, now I deserve 
to have whatever, you know, the food I was eating. But I was still into my disease. I was still trying to control the food addiction, you know. And with everything I was doing, it just did not work. The more I played, the more I wanted to eat, you know. And again, I played, then I worked hard, and I drank, and I ate hard, too. So and there was no answer to my problem till I came to to Overeaters Anonymous. And I was 41 years old. I had been in addiction for 25 years of my life. And I came in for the vanity, and I was going to lose the weight, and I'm just going to leave the program, and I'm going to be happy, and have I'll have a beautiful life. Well, I kept on hearing, it's not just about the weight, you know. It's more to it. And I did the first three steps. I can't, he can, I will let him. But I lost the weight, and I needed to stay in the in my program because I was my pro, my sponsor said I tell you, if you don't stick with it, you're going to go back into the food addiction. So I didn't want to go back, and I'll be here with 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 you, all of you, sharing my experience while I was into my disease, and being in recovery. I'm so so grateful. I never thought I would have a life like I have Fine. today. Thank you very much. And I'm, and I this is what I do. Give it away, Vasa. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Uh, next up is Lisa Steven. We'll be opening it up for more shares. Good morning, Lisa. Hi, good morning. This is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, you know, this paragraph, the, fir- the first time, you know, I, I read it, I, I felt similarly you know, to some other folks, you know, just sort of, ah, you know, um, just uh, thinking, okay, so, you know, he's going to go golf. And, um, you know, what does this have to do with me? What does this have to do with food? Um, but actually, you know, I see it right there where it says uh, in the second sentence, we went at once. To the country, right? My wife to applaud while I started to overtake Walter Hagen, the number one golfer at the time. But we went at once, right? So at once is the way that I wanted my life to go all the time. It's like I would get this idea and I would begin at once. And then I would very quickly fizzle out of whatever it was. Um, you know, I'd get this idea that, uh, you know, I was going to, um, you know, participate in something or do something. You know, I I would look, I was always living outside of myself. I would look at other people and what they worked hard at and what they did. And I, you know, my ego is so outsized that, you know, I would think, well, I could do that too. And so I would go at once to the isolation of my room at home after school and start, you know, mimicking, right? Not actually taking action. So if I had a friend who was, you know, um, a dancer and was really moving along in her dance skills, um, you know, I would go home and then think that I could just do it in the mirror in my bedroom um, occasionally, you know, um, at once, but only occasionally. And then it would fizzle out. And, um, you know, because I had no ability to continuously uh, show up for things, um, which was a trend and an issue for me throughout my life. And so like in this paragraph, what I see, I see myself in Bill so much because I see that impulsive, compulsive nature. I see that um, the disease, you know, where it says liquor caught up with me much faster than I came behind Walter, you know, um, the disease, the thinking, right? It's the thinking that, that gets me there in the first place. The, the idea that I am 
you know, I can be as good as other people but not have to do the work or that I can do anything that I put my mind to. And that was, of course, a catchphrase of my entire childhood. You could do anything you put your heart to. You can do anything you put your mind to, Lisa. Um, but, you know, actually, that's, that's not true. <laughs> I can do anything that I take the action to do, right? And I didn't know how to take action because I, I didn't know that I was sick um, and, I, and I didn't know that um, – I needed a plan and a design for my life that would connect me to a higher power through whom I could do all these things. Um, and, you know, I also just love the part where it's like the local banker watched me whirl fat checks in and out of his till with amused skepticism. Um, because also, you know, it's like um, this, it, it, liquor's not the only problem here, right? It's also like uh, impulsive, compulsive spending, um, you know, perhaps spending money that he didn't have or spending money that he had, but not being prudent and practical. Um, uh, thank you. Um, about, you know, uh, you know, if that money was going to last forever, which of course in the next paragraph we'll see that it won't. So uh, thank you so much for letting me share. I passed. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Okay. So here's where we are in the big book. Bill's story, page three, third paragraph starts with in 1929, I contracted Gulf fever through that paragraph ending with in and out of his till with amused skepticism. So if you have not shared on any vision meeting on Tuesday or Wednesday and would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Bob Reggie. Annette S. Annette S. Janice S. Janice S. Stephanie R. Stephanie R. Deanna. Deanne. Maya K. Deanne F. from New York? Yes, honey. <laughs> okay. Who was after Deanne? Maya K. Maya K. All right, here's who I have. Barbara G. Annette S, Janice S, Stephanie R, Deanne F, and Maya K. We'll get started with Barbara G, followed by Annette. Good morning, Barbara. Where are you calling from? Thank you very much for your service. My name is Barbara G. I am calling from Paris, France, and um, I am very grateful to be a recovered member of this fellowship today by the grace of God. And this paragraph uh, made me think about what food uh, was doing for me at the beginning of uh, my eating career when I was a child until I went through adolescence and uh, the early 20s, and then to what food started to do to me. Because in these lines, Bill says, says that about... <laughs> tell us, tell, tells us about... Uh, um, he's being jittery in the morning. And that's why I thought of uh, what food started to do to me after a while. And uh, I went back with my memory as I was listening to you, as I was listening to the paragraph, and I saw Barbara picking up food for the first time when I was 12 uh, in my real first binge when I was left home alone for the first time, and I could see that food, I sat myself in front of the cupboard where there were all the sweets and all my 
binge food. And I ate until that 12 years old child could go back breathing. And then I go right back with my memory to those years where binging and purging allowed me to have the courage to be a member of my class, a member of the society I was surrounded by. And then little by little, I went with my memory back to those years when instead of giving me that power and that strength, it started to want something back. And it wanted all my attention. Food wanted all my time. Food wanted all my energies. And I started to retrieve little by little and to go into depression and to go into fears and to stop uh, and to just be be afraid, be afraid of uh, of so many things that uh, food actually stopped doing things for me, but uh, started to do just things to me. And um, and that's when a way appeared into my life. But that's another story. Today we're in this paragraph. And what I want to say is that uh, the understanding and the loving acceptance that I have today for the person I was when food was uh, all I needed to function is only a gift of the step work and of being an active member of this fellowship one day at a time and of keeping giving away a message that has saved my life literally and and i will say one last thing that i was really struck the other day by talking with other friends who uh, basically i heard the best definition of an addict that i had ever heard before yeah. which was uh, time and and I'll pass. As, uh, as an addict, I feel myself just as being someone who needs uh, food to live. That's who I was. And today I need a power grid in myself to live. And I'll pass. Thank you. Sorry, Barbara. I meant to say time. Okay. So Annette, uh, Annette S. and then followed by Janice S. Good morning, Annette. Good morning. <clears throat> you can hear me. And it's... Uh... Annette F as in Frank. Oh, good. Gotcha. Where are you calling from? Florida. Uh, Perfect. So, you know what? This this paragraph screams at me is it was all about his ego, how he looked, his tan, you know, and and that was that was me. Even in my thin years, uh, I had a very successful business. And it it kept me it kept me thin because I looked good and people liked me and people admired me and yada yada yada. But what I had was a big ego with low self esteem, and that's what I I you know that that is the killer that is what sucks you down into the the abyss, um, and. Eventually, that ego can't be fed the way you need it to be fed, period. It wants more. This is a disease of more. And my ego wanted more. So when I couldn't get more, even though I still had the business and was still, you know, admired and looked up to and and told how wonderful everything was, I turned back to the food because food was my friend. It's a really crummy friend. (laughs) 
food is is a really crummy friend. It only lasts, you know, for a few minutes. <clears throat> but it's not possible to stay at that level. So, I, you know, going back to the other paragraph, he had arrived. I arrived. But you know what? You can't get off that train. You can get on the train and it can make stops, but you can't get off that train. If you want to stay sane, you want to maintain you you know what you want to look like and when you want to keep in touch with god i mean he he doesn't say okay you're here i'll see you you know i'll see you next year when you get back on the train again he wants you on that train and i love i do this program saved my life because it introduced me to a god that was loving and was kind and before that i really thought i had a target on my back and so I'm happy to stay on the train and never get off of this OA train. I heard a priest say the other day that AA, the big book, the whole 12-step program, was truly the underground church. <laughs> you know, And we go to church a lot here in this program. And... That's all I have to say. So I, I keep coming back. No matter what, no matter where this train stops, I keep coming back and I stay on the train. And it's the only pure Bye. hope of recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Annette F. from Florida. Next up, we have Janice F. followed by Stephanie R. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. Uh, my name is Janice S. Like, smile from Tennessee, and um, I thank everyone this morning for their service. I'm so grateful for a vision for you. Um, I've been listening for about two years now, and um, just very grateful. Um, I am a compulsive overeater. Uh, actually, if I'm being honest, I am a compulsive fill-in-the-blank. Um, this morning when we first read um, the reading was first read, I thought, well, I really don't have anything to add or share to that, but with so many shares have gone out, I could hear myself in each share because I have been in in so many of, of the shoes of, of the people that have shared this morning. You know, it, it's been chasing one thing after another. You know, uh, I, I, I even tried golf once. You know, what it... Whatever somebody else did that they were really great at, that must be what I'm missing. I, I'm going to try that. You know, my brother is a hairdresser, and, and he always has so much fun in the shop. I, maybe I should do hairdressing. So, you know, I, I did that one day doing makeup for him down there, and I got over that real quick. But um, I, it just chasing whatever anybody else did, trying to to find something that, wasn't there because I never quite fit in so I would always turn to food or I would always turn to another substance or something else because I'm compulsive uh, and like the like the golf thing you know I would be over the top I can be over the top when I start talking about about losing weight or I can start talking about OA I can get over the top because that's my compulsivity is that a word? It is in my Janice Dictionary. But um, I get compulsive. And 
I, I have to remember that that's when I take over. That's when I start directing my own show and am my own actress and I take everything over. When I let go of directing and I let go to my higher power and I, I, I remember and I do all the things I'm supposed to do, I lose that urgency. I lose that. I come back down to reality and I no longer feel like I have to chase something because I have the peace and serenity. I don't know if any of that made sense, but um, it, it, the compulsivity is, is what gets me in trouble with everything. I mean, I'm in a, another 12-step program because I got in trouble with other things because I go over the top. So somebody shared that earlier, and I thought, oh, man, that's me to a T. But thank you so much for letting me share. It's, uh, again, grateful for everything. Have a great day, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice S. Next up, we have Stephanie R. followed by DNF. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. Stephanie R. calling from Missouri, and really grateful to be here today. I needed to claim my seat. Um, there was so much that I heard that, again, I did also relate to um, wanting to be um, really, really successful regardless of what I had to do to get there. Um, I, I just was so driven to to be at the top of my game. And, um, and, and with that came so many insecurities because I – I was good at what I did. I don't know necessarily I was absolutely the best at what I did. and um, But it always made me feel a little isolated because I think that's part of my personality. Um, part of my addiction is that I find my own little world to be so much more important than meeting other people. And by coming to this program, I realized that when I focused just on little me, that's when my said that... <clears throat> I was the most important person in the world and that I didn't need anyone else. I could be on an island with a library and be the most content person in the world. And I, I learned that, that, thank God I have a higher power that gives me the, the strength to know that I need others and I need the guidance of a higher power. But you guys make me um, understand how important community is. And um, recently I, I broke my ankle and had to have surgery and I have to be off my foot for oh about six weeks and the isolation oh, I'm so very grateful I have this program out of my little condo just being me myself and I and focusing on how sad I felt and how um why did this happen to me and I'm able to get out of myself and um talk to other people and know that when I get out of myself and help sponsees and talk to others, I am truly doing God's work, and I'm not letting my ego tell me I'm the most important person on this earth because I'm not. I'm one of you. I'm one of the group. I'm so grateful to be a part of that group because I don't know what I would have done with this broken ankle without a program. I, I'm sure I would be sitting in a filthy apartment um, with dirty hair and unclean clothes just really into my disease. And today I, I, I'm facing it one day at a time with humility and grace. I pray with grace. So really, really grateful to be here. Um, love outreach calls, you know, and I will be doing outreach calls. That keeps me sane and keeps me with this program. And oh, I'm so grateful I have my higher power to guide me and to give me the strength to do this. 
I'm not doing it alone. So thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank, thank you, Stephanie R. Next up is DNF, followed by Maya. If we have time, Maya. Deanne, you're up. Hey, good morning, sister. Can you hear me? Hear you loud and clear. Okay. Thank you. This is Deanne S. Gratefully uh, recovered and recovering um, just for this day, one day at a time. Um, And if you want to know if you've been sharing enough, listen to your friend when she's shocked that she hears your name (laughs) for sharing. So that was a little prompt to to, um, come all the way in and sit all the way down. And another friend of ours says that, and it's, it's definitely a good place to be like, you know, you're in the right place. So, so join in. Um, I just had to share because every day I've wanted to share and I just haven't, haven't gotten there. And today uh, I wanted to say that, you know, I relate so much to Bill um, and to his life. And, you know, I, I married someone um, and I either did a full geographic and a full like life change from California to New York and, you know, like it wasn't like Green Acres, but it was definitely like I was gonna arrive when I married this person. Um, and you know, they his friends gave me a set of golf clubs um, when we were getting married because he was an avid golfer. He was an amazing golfer, and like you know, I was gonna become a golfer too. And uh, that didn't happen. Um, but I really always felt like that chasing feeling um and no matter where i went it didn't matter i moved three thousand miles away like this disease was with me it was in full effect at all times it was you know it was everything to me you know i i was a wife you know to the food but way more than i was a, a wife to my husband at that time um, and, you know, this can still be real for me today. I'm supposed to go to an event that's related to work. And, you know, I've been, I've been you know, incapacitated for several months. Um, and thinking about showing up today, how do I look? What, what do I sound like? Um, you know, and the amazing thing is today is that I have, like, God's grace. Like, grace which is, you know, unmerited favor. God loves me. You guys love me. And, you know, for today, like, I can just show up exactly where I am. I don't have to be different to be better. I just have to be the woman that God would have me be today. And that is truly a miracle. And with that, I pass. Good to hear you on the lines, Deanne. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's always good to hear new voices. Uh, Maya, I'm so sorry we've run out of time. Hopefully you can stay on for the second hour or come back tomorrow. Um, Okay. So let's see. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today, February 15th, 2024, is 21139, 21139. 
So we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Martha Z, please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Kelly, for your loving service. This is Martha Z. I'm a compulsive overeater, gratefully living in recovery by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.